0: This podcast takes you into the rarely discussed realm of the personal decisions leaders have taken that have influenced their business decisions and developed them into the leaders they are today. The refreshingly honest experiences of those who have been very successful provide an insight into the challenges they faced, the successes they achieved, and the people who influenced them along their journey. Here's our host, Mark Silveira. Welcome to Business Made Personal. This podcast is brought to you by the insurance industry's leading education and events provider, ANZIF, via their Careers in Insurance Initiative. I'm Mark Silveira. Dale Smith is the CEO and founder of Javelin and co-chair at InsureTech New Zealand. Passionate about technology and how it can help businesses improve technology, Dale is a chartered accountant with extensive experience in owning and operating medium-sized businesses, and the National Insurance Brokers Association, named Dale and Javelin, as one of the industry's game changers in insurance tech innovation. Welcome to the program, Dale.
1: Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Nice to be
0: here. We were talking off air and you mentioned that uh, you're a Kiwi born and bred. Give us a little bit of an idea of your early years before you started work. Where did you grow up? What was your family life like?
1: Yeah, so, uh, very, I mean, without a doubt, I'm very lucky. Have been born and bred in Auckland. Have spent my entire life in New Zealand, except for a little bit of travelling offshore. But you know, very lucky to have had some hardworking parents, a great family environment that was full of fun and enjoyment and challenge, like most families are. But yeah, two two wonderful parents that have instilled great values in me, and went to all public schools in, in New Zealand, and not learnt through the School of Hard Knocks, but, you know, it certainly made me who I am today in terms of resilience,
0: etc. So when you mentioned that, is there something specific that happened during those sort of early years for you that developed that sort of resilience?
1: Yeah, look, I've always admired parents, particularly my dad, who I've spent a lot of time with and have had the fortunate opportunity to work with, actually, in a business. You know, just for, for being really hard workers and, you know, just great mentors for me in terms of what it takes to, to get through life. You know, it doesn't come as of right. You need to earn your way to your success. And, and that's something that was instilled in me very, very early on, that hard work pays.
0: What business was it that your dad knew worked in?
1: My first, uh, so insurance, javelin isn't my first business. So when I was 25, I took a bit of a leap of faith and, and purchased a transport Business in Auckland and uh, grew that from being sort of t- from twenty five people through to about two hundred and sold it in uh, just before the the GFC and I worked with Dad, my father Jeff, in that time and he was very helpful. You know, providing uh, you know some good advice at particular times. Now taught me a huge amount about people, about systems, about how to build a business from the ground up, how to get the respect from people, etc.
0: So. How does a 25-year-old, first of all, buy a business and then grow it to 200 people, mate?
1: Well, it's yeah, but without doubt, hard work helps. You also need a bit of luck along the way. We had a a little bit of luck. You know, it all started by me taking a huge amount of risk, taking every asset that I owned. I owned a uh, small house, borrowed against that, managed to convince the vendors of the business to leave a whole lot of money in. and. Yeah, just rolled my sleeves up and got on with it. So it was a good time to buy a business, you know, if I look back. And also, I think in hindsight, we
0: managed to sell it at the right time too. Look, I have done some work in that transport industry when I was with a group called OAMPS many, many moons ago. Not the easiest people to get on with, Dale. How did they take to a 25-year-old telling them what they needed to be doing?
1: You know, some really responded to it and some hated it. So... Pretty soon you, you manage to work your way through the people that, uh, that didn't really want to be there. But I think it comes back to one of the points I made earlier, which is, you know, I, I respect people that work hard. And if you work hard, you typically get the respect of people around you, whether they work for you or whether they work with you or whether you work for them. So naturally, when you're doing something like that, it takes a while to, to build the respect of people. But if you work hard, you treat people well, Fairly, typically you get the respect
0: of the people that you need. In the opening statement, I said that you're a chartered accountant. You've got a bachelor's degree in accounting and finance. Talk to me about how that's helped you to get into the insurance business.
1: Yeah, so I think now being, a, being an accountant, I wasn't the best accountant in the world, to be fair, but learned to obviously did well enough to become a chartered accountant, et cetera. I knew that accounting really wasn't for me, you know, it wasn't something that I really wanted to do for a career in the long term. But obtaining the skills in study and then applying them in a practical sense early on in an accounting office gave me a, a huge amount of insight into how numbers work, how they are built up, what you need to look for, what you need to be careful about. And that has helped me throughout my career. It doesn't matter whether it was then or now or in the future. Those underlying financial disciplines are very, very helpful. And I think we can talk about how we got into insurance. You know, insurance has a lot of accounting in it. You know, how policies are rated, how taxes are paid, how risk is priced. You know, there is a lot of accounting or, you know, numbers that go into it. So all of that, you know, always and will continue to help me for the rest of my career, I'm sure.
0: So let's then talk about how you did get new insurance. What actually happened?
1: Yeah, so after my transport and logistics business, I moved into another business post the GFC. It was an import distributor of technology products, which is where I started my technology journey. So that business would import branded products from offshore and sell them through the the reseller channel in New Zealand and Australia. And that business owned a small software business, which is what Javelin is today. So. Uh, When I sold that business, I kept Javelin, the software, which is because it's something I'm very passionate about. And at that point, we had all sorts of different industries as our customers. So it wasn't just insurance, it was logistics, manufacturing, supply chain. They were all using various software that we had built ourselves. And then, you know, having bought and purchased insurance off brokers for my entire career, I've always found the the process of buying insurance more painful than it should be. So an opportunity came up to get more involved in insurance and that's where the journey starts.
0: Yeah, right. So is insurance your only segment these days? Correct. So, you know, Javelin
1: is all about taking our insurance platform to insurance company. That's all we do.
0: I wanted to ask you about Javelin a little bit. So you started Javelin in twenty fourteen. Everybody says it's more difficult. You know, insurance is a difficult thing. It's so paper driven, it's so you know, labor intensive, et cetera, et cetera. Was your timing good or did you have a specific magic formula to help you break some of the nexus around the age old conservative views on how we transact business, do you think?
1: I think that there are, well, hard work comes into it, I can tell you that. But we, the javelin, platform that we sell now was probably ready before its time, you know, because I, I understood as a business owner how I wanted to buy and interact with my insurance. And, you know, we had a, a functioning system that was ready, but I don't think the market was ready. And it sort of hasn't been until sort of 2019, maybe at the very start, maybe 2020, where, you know, the and perhaps COVID might have had something to do in that in terms of remote working, et cetera that the market now entirely understands that the way in which insurance is transacted from a technology perspective today is not fit for purpose. And that is Javelin's opportunity.
0: So leading on from that, in an insurance business article in June 2023, you said, and I quote, companies know that they have to embrace technology. And then you went on to put in a a little proviso and you said, Or the smart ones do. Yeah. Are we getting smarter as an industry?
1: Yeah, I think I genuinely think that there is more organisations that where technology is part of their strategic roadmap today than there has ever been from an insurance perspective. So if that was your litmus test, if you like, then then absolutely you would have to say that there is less insurance businesses that don't see technology as a strategic pillar, if you like. So, And there is absolutely, a. we think, there is a willingness to understand what platforms like Javelin have to offer now than there's ever been. And we see that continuing as our brand strengthens and, and other insure tech brands become more prominent
0: in this space. It's interesting, isn't it, the whole insure tech development because initially when insure tech came out, I think there were a lot of nervous insurers going, They're going to take over from us and they're going to do things quicker and better and smarter and stronger, et cetera, et cetera. But quite the opposite's happened, hasn't it, really? Because InsureTech is working hand in glove with insurers to actually increase the value proposition of clients out there. How have you found it in terms of being able to get in and speak to insurers? Are you finding that that you're getting a hearing?
1: Yeah, we, we certainly do now, but we've worked really hard to put ourselves in the position that we are, and we're very grateful to be in the position that we're in. Yeah, and I, as I said before, there is certainly a, more of a willingness to understand, and you're right, InsureTech was seen as a total disruptor, but it's not. It's actually an enabler. It's how to enable better conversations with your customers, unlock commercial opportunities, you know, better productivity, etc. And there is a definite view that the case now, which is great because that's exactly the part that
0: InsureTech has to play. I want to talk a little bit about last year with you. So in July last year, you guys announced that you were raising 6.7 million Aussie dollars in a partnership with an Australian pre-IPO fund manager called Bombora Investment Management. And that was the idea was to support your overseas growth plans. That deal, from what I've read, made Javelin one of the first New Zealand-based startups to access the Australian pre-IPO market. So congratulations on that. This show is called Business Made Personal, my friend, for a very good reason. I want to know what sort of toll that took on you personally to get that happening and get it moving. From my
1: experience, people either understand your value proposition really well or they don't. And when you're growing a technology company, capital is something that is, uh, in order to bake the cake, you've got got to have the, the capital. So, you know, we've brought some money in from friends and family, my contacts. Before Bombora. So we were used to having conversations about capital. That wasn't necessarily too much of a problem, but it's a bit like when you meet your wife or your partner, you almost know straight away. And I think without trying to sound too corny, you know, the interaction with Bombora was pretty easy from the start. And which is quite unique because when you're talking to different venture capital providers, typically that's not the case. You know, they, struggle a bit to understand your value proposition, whereas Bombora got it from the start. And that makes it easy. And once you agree terms, it's a a bit more sort of a, a process, more than anything of just working through the detail.
0: I guess I was more coming at it from your own perspective, because I have been involved with businesses where we've had to raise capital. It's a harrowing time, because you're usually on that precipice of, if we don't do this, we can't grow. And if we don't do this, we don't want to quite stay where we are. So I'm just wondering what was going on for you personally because you would have had, well, as you say, your friends and family's money invested in the business. You've obviously got your own money invested in the business. You've got your credibility tied to it. Was that a challenging time for you and your family?
1: Oh, 100%. You carry the weight of, you know, I think at that particular time we had 60-odd people in the business. So you carry the weight of their livelihood with every conversation. It isn't easy. You believe in what you're doing, and you believe in the team around you, and you believe in the problems that you can solve, and the commercial model around it. Then you have the conviction, typically, to push on and, and do. And people believe you. For founders out there, capital raising is a it is a harrowing task. And some amazing startups don't get out of the blocks because they just can't raise the capital. And and some, on the flip side, some that shouldn't raise the capital do. So it's a tough one. I think just on that, there is a lot of support around for founders these days, you know, which is really good. You know, if it's from government enterprises or support networks or if it's from previous founders that have succeeded, they're always typically happy to help, you know. And and I certainly would be the same if we're as successful as some of them. But it is a harrowing time, but it's just part of the process. You know, you've just got to guts it out, put your head down and, and get through it.
0: And you've got to have the faith, right? You've got to have the faith that what you've got is actually going to fly when you do get it off the ground. I want to ask you about support. So I have you in your career, have you had people that you've come to regard as mentors and how have they actually helped you?
1: I'm fortunate enough to have had many mentors, actually, with different skill sets that have been happy to invest in me, whether it's there's a business in New Zealand, or it's more of a charity, I think, called the, the Ice House. Some people listening may have heard of it. And in New Zealand, they have a program for owners and managers. And so you can go through that and build a support network, which I did with well, colleagues and friends and well, people with lots similar problems to you. But out of that, I got an amazing mentor who helped me very early on, who had a bit more of a marketing sort of skill set, who was very helpful. I've always tried to build Javelin to be a big company. So we've always had a board and a governance structure. And so I'm lucky enough to have had a particular board member who's been incredibly supportive to me over the years through the great times and the tough times. And you know, for all of their support, I'm very grateful.
0: Let's talk a little bit about the tough times. Has there ever been a time where you've thought, you know what, I might be on a hide into nothing here. I might pack my bongos and go and do something different?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I don't have enough fingers to count them all. Look, building software companies and being successful is not for the faint-hearted. There's always problems to solve and customers to keep happy. And but yeah, there has been plenty of times. You know, there's there was a time early on where, where payroll was a problem and managed to scrape the money together. And you know, it was touch and go there for a while. But you know, it's it's, it's all part of the journey, and it. It makes you who you are. You've got to have the tough times to realise how good the good times are.
0: And it certainly teaches you what not to do in the future as well as what to do, I would imagine.
1: Yep, exactly right.
0: Dale, talk to me about challenges. If I asked you what's the hardest challenge you've had to overcome in your life, what would you say that was?
1: I mean, I've been very lucky, and I don't forget that, you know, with growing up with an amazing family and supportive friends and things. I think one of the things that sticks with me actually, there's probably been lots, but the one that's jumping to my mind is I remember my dad when we were working in the transport business and he had a very serious accident actually at the site and he was very lucky not to have passed away. So, you know, I think made me realize that, you know, life is really short. So you've got to take your opportunities and, you know, be the best you can be.
0: And do you think that experience Propelled you with your motivation even more so than you already had.
1: Yeah, no, probably. I mean, I've always been very motivated to succeed, you know. And I guess as you get older, I, I used to think that that wealth was a measure of success, but you then realise that that's not the case. The older you get, but I, I don't know that it helped me with my success. But it, I think it, you know, it just makes you realise how fragile that you can be, if and how fast things can change. So make the bloody most of it
0: absolutely 100% with you. I want to talk to you a little bit more about, look, the insurance industry, as you would know, is very tiny. And given what you've created, you've obviously got a great reputation and you've developed a bit of a business that's got a lot of credibility to it. Do you think that business exposure has changed you?
1: I'd like to hope not, but probably. And you hope for the best. I don't know that it has too much. I've always been pretty down to earth and and I think my team would say the same. We've got people that have been working for me for you know fifteen years and across the businesses. And I don't know if it's changed me. I don't read my own press too much, to be honest. I just I just want to get on and build a great business, solve some problems for the insurance industry. You know, part of coming back to your question about our listing, I believe that insurance organisations in Australia should have an opportunity to own a fraction of the Javelin business when we do list. You know, having a share in the platform that they use day to day and having a say in how that is shaped will be really compelling, I think. So, you know, that's our plan. That's the path we're on, you know, hoping for you know, a couple
0: of years. You'll IPO in a couple of years, you think?
1: Hopefully, yeah,
0: depending on capital markets and things. Brilliant. And a few other factors, I should imagine. Uh, Exactly. Hey, talk to me a little bit about staff. You mentioned some of your people have been with you for 15 years. There is a real difficulty in getting people on board these days. I wanted your opinion in terms of younger people coming into the business. Are you seeing that they have the same sort of passion and drive that, you know, people like you and I had to have, right? Because, you know, you weren't able to go back home and live at home till you were 30. You had to go and fend for yourself. Are you finding that there's a change in the dynamic of new people or younger people coming into businesses?
1: I honestly think the answer to that is yes. You know, probably for the right reasons in the most part. You know, I think younger people approach things differently and that's part of the magic as well. You know, I think we shouldn't be scared to embrace a different way of thinking and approaching things. As a general kind of broad statement, but if you give young people the right tooling the right environment, the right direction in terms of their careers, etc., then you get amazing results. You know, I think I think it's all about what goes in to the relationship which will determine what comes out. So, you know, if you just put a, a young person in front of a, a bit of old technology that looks like Windows three point one or worse, you're not going to get great results from it. And that's just a fact. If you put them in front of the right tooling In the right atmosphere, with the right support, you know, you you typically get great results. And that's kind of what we try and focus on.
0: Okay, you've convinced me to get rid of my dot matrix printer, mate.
1: Can I hear it in the background?
0: I wanted to ask you about your job. What would you say is the best part of what you do?
1: I love talking to customers, you know, talking to, you know, new customers in particular. You know, that's what I love doing, seeing how Javelin makes a difference. You know, that's certainly the most enjoyable part. I, I love watching our people succeed. We always try and promote internally if we can. It's something that I believe in, um, and we've got some incredible people that have come through the javelin organisation and are leading uh, this business forward. You know, and it, it's really rewarding to see that happen.
0: What would you say is the most challenging part of what you do?
1: On one side, it's it's the people makes you happy, but on the other side, the people make it hard as well. But I think we're pretty lucky at Javelin. Technology software vendors like Javelin, there is a lot of moving parts, you know, whether it's product development, security, technology changes, business growth, customer demands, you know, the list goes on and on. And I think just the hardest part for a growth SaaS company like Javelin is just being across all of the moving parts to make sure that they're all just Nicely equalized, nothing's shooting up faster than than the other side of the business can handle. You know, that's a, a constant balancing act.
0: And if I asked you to provide some advice to young people that were entering the industry these days, what advice would you give them?
1: I've obviously never been, I've only been on the software side, so I've never been an insurer or a broker as such. But what a fantastic industry to get a commercial opportunity either starting at the bottom and working your way through and owning a brokerage or building yourselves a brokerage or an agency for that matter or working more corporate and heading and growing in a in an insurance company I've always admired insurance professionals so incredibly talented you know similar problems really to us customers and suppliers and there is a great opportunity for young people that want to do well in insurance and I think if you talk to Young people in insurance that have the right attitude, that want to do well, that want to work hard and get ahead, they'll tell you the same thing what a great industry it is to, to go forward
0: in. 100% right. If I asked you to think back to that young Dale Smith who hasn't started work yet and you were able to go back and have a chat with him and give him some advice, what would you say to him?
1: I would say when I bought my first business, there was a lot of procrastination about career paths and things, and I say this to my boys now who are sort of college age, there isn't actually any rush. If you go down a path, it doesn't mean that path is you forever, and you can go in a different direction, and there isn't any reason you need to be anxious about it. And if I was speaking to myself at the particular time that I bought my first business, I would have given myself a kick up the ass and said, don't procrastinate, get on with it. Not sure if you can use that.
0: I oh, know, we'll use it, don't worry about that. I've got a couple of final questions before I let you go. People may not be able to see you, but I can. And, and, you know, you look like a front rower for the All Blacks, except you've got a prettier head. Outside of work, what are the things that you do that keep you sane?
1: So pretty active, love the outdoors, do a lot of fishing and, and outdoor activity. I find it really relaxing being out on the water. It's a special place to me on the water or in the water or around the water, you know, it's important. We're pretty lucky in New Zealand, it's everywhere. And I spend, you know, I've I've three boys that keep me pretty busy. So I try and be an active, present father as much as possible with them. And, you know, that keeps me pretty busy. Mm -hmm. I also love cars, by the way. And uh, I've been known to, you know, spend the odd hour in the workshop fiddling around with V8s and things like that.
0: Just thinking about your boys that you mentioned before, has that been difficult because trying to set up a business requires not just 24 hours, usually 28 hours a day, and being a present father, as you termed it, which I really love, has that been a difficult balance to find?
1: Yeah, it has.
0: Yeah, no two
1: ways about that. I hope that, that I've been able to instill the right ethics and hardworking values that my father did for me and they're they're very understanding they know that we've got 120 people here in the team now and they all need to be us and our leadership team to be on point too so I guess the other thing that's worked well for me is I've always tried to be home for dinner you know it's kind of a thing that I've always tried to be there for and I think that's helped whether someone gets anything from that but home for dinner and sit down and have a chat it's a good opportunity but it is hard, but you, know, you, you do your best.
0: You do, and that's all you can do. If I gave you a magic wand and said you could change something about the industry that you work in, which is insurance software, what would you look to change?
1: I think there's certain parts of the technology process, in Australia in particular, that are holding the industry back. You know, Platforms that where you obtain terms, you don't need those platforms anymore. APIs can fix it. So that's the path that Javelin's on. And if I had a magic wand to answer your question, I would uh, magic up insurer APIs for Javelin to consume.
0: Great answer. And yes, you can say that. I've got one final question for you, Mr. Dale Smith, CEO and founder of Javelin. What is next for Dale Smith?
1: At a, uh, I'm planning to go fishing next week. I mean, Dale Smith and Javelin are sort of one these days because we've got a an opportunity and that's important that we, Remember that. And so we're on a path to IPO, to list javelin. That's something I'm extremely focused on. You know, if we can do that within two years, hopefully sooner, then, you know, I would have realized one of my goals, which is
0: to take our company public. Hey, thank you so much for being with me on Business Made Personal, Dale. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it very much. Thank you so much for lending us your ears. Please remember to click follow on your podcast app or subscribe at bmppodcast.com.au dot com so we can give you a sneak peek of our next guest. Until next time, I'm Mark Silvera, and you've been listening to Business Made Personal.